Yo, this is Julian Elijah Martinez. And this is Colin J. Harden. And you're listening to the Episode 1 Show. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Episode 1 Show. Thank you for coming back to this show and listening to me and my brother Elijah talk about, this time we're talking about, the bear. Everybody's favorite half-hour dramedy that's stressful but fun and uh-huh. funny but dramatic and terrifying sometimes <laughs> and also like a probably the most controversial show happening right now on x slash twitter yeah the, yeah 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 like what, what's the what's the controversy though tell, tell, well, tell the people the big well as we all know the bear uh this past emmys won swept the comedy uh, portion, uh, beating out things like jury duty, beating out things like Abbott Elementary, and so the big conversation that everyone's having is: Is the bear actually a comedy? And Ooh, a lot of com- yeah. yeah, and a lot yeah, of com- yeah. uh, a lot of comedic writers are actually pretty uh, fed up with the idea that you then place shows like The Bear or White Lotus or Succession into the comedy category. And it just seems like it's a little bit trying to rig the system in order to get the awards. Because had the bear in succession gone up in the drama category, the bear might not have won as much as it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. No, Great. no, no. No, I mean, no. I, I, I you know. <laughs> no, I mean, and I didn't. I didn't really think about it that way. I, honestly, I didn't think about. It. But the, you know what? I was always wondering about like the. Um, first of all, what what constitutes a, a comedy, and right. also like, you know, they put the comedy and the musical in the same same category right. f- category for some reason, and they also put like the TV movie and the the limited series in the same category for some right. reason. So right. like Prey, the movie Prey, which was really good. I don't know if you watched it. it like, oh, I loved. Yeah, I love Prey. Yeah, Damn, man. God damn, that was so awesome. But that and like. A limited series was in the same category, nominated, right. and I'm right. like, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. It should be a whole right. different TV movie. Anyway, I, I, my my thought is like they need to revamp the way they do one, the way they they uh, talk about what's a what what genre is what, and then also right. like what format we're really giving awards for too. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think they try to do that with the Creative Arts Emmys and like uh-huh. try to split it up so people are getting one well obviously there's money probably involved with that like right they can give out more awards they can get more marketing for for these particular shows but it's also sure. like a great thing for the for the creatives that that are 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 part of these shows right well and also like the so it it's still tv in a sense of like it the emmys are behind the times in terms of like the way that they uh, categorize each thing we're still looking at a time we're still looking at an organization that looks at comedy as length of time of the show rather than mm. actual tone so in the past right you knew a comedy only lasted 30 minutes and a drama was an hour very rarely did mm-hmm. you have a drama that was 30 minutes and very rarely did you have a com- comedy that was an hour mm-hmm. and now that we're in this world of streaming and peak tv you know we'll have shows that are 45 minutes we'll have shows that are 35 minutes we'll have shows that are 15 minutes we'll have shows that are 10 minutes etc 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 and the emmys have yet to catch up so you can kind of get around things by having a 30 minute show with a couple of 
light moments be categorized as a comedy and have a pretty funny show uh, that's an hour get categorized as a drama because of the length of time and and these kind of like weird loopholes that the television academy still has you know yeah that it's sense? it's no it does it but it's it, it it's like drama and comedy are like foundational genres so right. and then then you stack things on top of that but now people are taking those two foundational genres and then mashing them together so then right. people don't know what to do so like if you got succession which literally gave me the the, the biggest laughs <laughs> at times then almost probably any show right. i've watched that year and then you've got the the bear which gave me a couple chuckles but really stressed me out you yeah. know the bear is the more, not the bear is not funny y'all like the, the bear, bear the bear is not funny but they have some really funny characters they have funny characters, but they don't. But it's not a funny show, you know. It's not like it, and it's not like it's not like what I'm saying. It's not like oh yeah yeah yeah. It it it's not laugh out loud. It's not. It's their jokes aren't built into the show. You have characters that make jokes in an effort to do something, but they're clearly aware that they are making a joke rather than the show is built around joke structure. Like Abel Elementary is built around a joke structure. These That's are right. earnest characters that are going through what they are going through. And thus we find hilarity in their failure. They're essentially clowns in a lot of ways. You know, and I right. mean that in in more of a traditional idea of a clown, not in like the slang term of a clown. Right. Um but like in the bear people make jokes they riff off each other they make fun of each other but you are clearly aware that the character is aware that the character is making a joke the character isn't like the butt of a joke the character's telling a joke right. and that's a different and subtle kind of thing that's a really really great point and i i really failed to to really intellectualize the difference <laughs> but that makes so much <laughs> I'm just not, look. We're baby. Not, we're baby. We're baby writers. You and me, Colin. So we are both trying to figure this out. Like our, once again, we have to shout out our friend Kira, yes. who on on her uh, social media page and her Twitter had a wonderful kind of dissertation of like why the bear isn't a comedy and why the bear uh, is a is drama and da 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 da. So me and Colin are are basically just kind of rifting on our ideas. Follow Kira if you really want to like get like the breakdown breakdown of like why the comedic world is so like yo fuck this shit it, this is shenanigans we're calling shenanigans right no but it, it does make so much sense because like when you look at the going back to the bear right when we look at these characters they are not uh they are not extreme versions of a societal kind of moral issue no. that you know what i mean and and that seems and and that might be kind of like a oversimplification or even just a you know just a poor analysis of of what a comedy or comedic character is mm-hmm. but like when you look at like abbott elementary is just a really great example of each one of these characters being extreme versions of what we see in society and then right. for that reason they are funny you know right uh, exactly. you just don't really you, you're just not seeing that in the bear so if that's the definition, then I and I get what they're talking about. <laughs> well, it's also, it's also a matter of it's also a matter of purpose, right? Like, what is the purpose of the show? What is like what is the what is the major kind of engine and drive of this 
episode of of this uh, uh, television show. You know, like the characters in the bear, they're all like like you can have moments that are funny with these characters, but that's not kind of the purpose of the show. Mm-hmm. Where like you can have moments of of earnestness and you can have uh, pretty like serious moments in Abbott Elementary, but that's not the purpose of the show. You know what I right. mean? The and and we have to kind of continue to remember what what tone is and what uh, intention is with pieces of art, and it gets problematic when it's clear. I don't. I'm not saying that this is clear that this is what happens, but you can see people trying to game the system, and when people try to game the system, I think all of us get a little like we feel a little woozy about that because the bear is an amazing show and deserves all its flowers. But it deserves its flowers for what it's for what it does well. It shouldn't deserve its it shouldn't deserve its flowers for what it does kind of sort of okay. And because it does all these other things really great, we're gonna then just kind of give it a bunch of rewards that it doesn't actually necessarily deserve. Is the bear funnier than Abbott Elementary? Honestly, no, no, right. not at all. No, I mean no. So I mean. All right, let's, let's just jump back into the bear. So for, that's, this is why you guys came here. You guys came here because you really, really like the bear and you want to hear too. And we do. Uh, we love the bear. Do not add us on on social media. Oh yeah. We're not dragging the show. This show is no. awesome. We like this show. We're no, just I saying. I love the show. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, you know, like I said, it, I love it. I, I thought it was going to win a bunch of stuff. It was on my top uh, five of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this is why you're here. So we'll we'll stop talking about why it didn't deserve an award. <laughs> Let's talk I'm, not, about- I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't deserve an award. Yes, you are. It, no, you're, I'm not. You're saying no, it I'm doesn't not. deserve. No, okay. Look, let me, let me, Jeremy let me see, Allen let me see White. If I can, let me see if I can if I can crystallize the nuances of of your argument here. You what you what I think you're saying is this: the academy the academy needs to be revamped. The re, the academy needs to restructure the way it's looking at things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, Jeremy Allen White deserves an award for best actor. Jeremy Allen White does not deserve an award for best actor in a comedy because that motherfucker ain't funny in the show. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Like Quinta, Quinta, not Quinta, uh, who, whoever, whoever, uh, Quinta and Jeremy Allen should not even be they should in the not same be conversation. In the same conversation. Like, no. like, absolutely. Like, I just like Jeremy Allen White deserves all his flowers for this show. I think what he does is exceptional, absolutely exceptional in the role that he is in. But that is a dramatic that that character is a dramatic character. It is not that he Carmi is not funny at all. <laughs> okay. I agree. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So let's jump into the episode one show. All right. <laughs> this is the episode one show. We are covering the bear. And one of the main things that we well, first we have to talk about the episode. The you know you know what the show is, but the title right. is called the system or system. Uh, it's a it's a phrase that, or a, a word that was said over and over again in the episode mm-hmm. for a reason uh, because there was a previous system that the bear uh, Berzado Carmi Berzado comes in in uh, week when we come in there he's he's two weeks in. And he's throwing off the system. He's throwing off the system that they had before. Now, mm-hmm. that system was not working, obviously. Um, 
So that's kind of one of the main themes, like what happens when when people come in and change a system that was ongoing, even if it wasn't mm-hmm. working. How do how do people respond to that? Uh, the writer Chris Thor, director as well. The year of the release twenty twenty two. So, with that said, next segment. How do we introduce character in the book? Well, it's funny. We have a system too, and the question is whether or not our system is working or not. Maybe we yeah. should get. Maybe we should get a Carmi to like hop in. Uh, 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 ben, I mean, if you ever listen to this, maybe you need to hop in and be our Carmi and just like totally <laughs> revamp our system. Um, yeah, I I would say like before we do that, let's let's get into. Before we get into how characters are introduced, you said that you have an elevator pitch for this. Mm-hmm. Can I put you on the spot? Sure. Yeah. I said I did not say I had an elevator. I said I'm going to do one on the fly. Okay. <laughs> well, well, that's what wanna, happens. I just want to make that clear. Well, that's I what happens, right? You're 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 walking around LA, and all of a sudden you walk into a building, and you press a button, you and you enter the building, and there standing next to you is Bob Iger. Why Disney. is it always Bob Iger? Because he's the only executive I can remember. Ted Sarandos. Ted Sarandos. So Ted Sarandos is sitting there. Bob Iger and Ted Sarandos are sitting <laughs> are sitting in the elevator. I'm scared. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm not saying shit. And they look at you and they go, hey, uh, uh, fastly approaching middle-aged black man. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you got a TV show. Yeah. And I and so go ahead and cue the music. Music cued. All right, all right. I got this idea for a TV show. Okay, imagine uh, it's it. Okay, have have any of you guys worked in restaurants before? Of course, all of us have. We're in entertainment. We've always we've all worked in the service industry before. Well, not I. I'm Bob Iger. Not I. I've been groomed for this position. I was really asking you. Have you really? Have you, Elijah? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got some terrible stories. Yeah, me too. I was a valet for <laughs> a year and some change. Actually, I had a, a great time with doing that. Anyway, I was high half the time. Anyway, sorry for those who had drove your car stoned. Anyway, so as somebody who's been in the, the service industry before, as all creatives are, we kind of know the nuances, the nuances of this stuff, right? So what I want to do is a half hour dramedy about the, the service industry as a whole but really what we're focusing on is this really really interesting character just imagine a guy he's super accomplished he's won a james beard award he is like one of the top chefs in the united states and he has to get bust down to like his family sandwich restaurant and then find a way to make it work there's no money nobody respects him even though like basically when he goes back home he's nobody in that room he's nobody outside of it in the chef's sphere he's like a god but in this building he's nobody nobody respects him and he has to make this family restaurant work but the kicker is he's also reeling with with grief uh, as a result of his brother's death his brother died by suicide and left him this restaurant so there's an extra added motivation for this character to make this work uh it's funny but it's super dramatic in fact i think it's more of a drama than a, than a comedy but you know we'll let the emmys figure that out but i can guarantee you it will win emmys so if you like emmys give me a millions and millions and millions of dollars 
Well, I'll give you millions and millions of dollars if you can put this uh, this character of Carmi in the tightest white t-shirts that you possibly can find <laughs> from Uniqlo. Oh, yes. By the way, we're going <laughs> to cast the guy. It's Oh, set in Chicago. We're going to cast a guy from the most famous Chicago TV show in recent years. Shameless. Which- Lit. <laughs> that's the thing i didn't know i like like i know a bunch of people who watch shameless and they all know jeremy allen white uh from that i didn't know jeremy allen white from nothing so when i first saw him i was like who is this guy this guy is dope but then apparently he kicked he kicks ass on shameless too oh yeah no he's he's a he's a highlight on shameless i was a fan of that show too and every and that was kind of brilliant brilliant casting uh, as well, because like the association with Chicago, so everybody mm-hmm. who watches Shameless knows that this is like a super Chicago show. It's like heightened. It, now that is a comedy <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that is a comedy, and um, but it's also very dramatic as well. It's got a lot of dramatic moments, but it's clearly it's it's clearly a comedy. But uh-huh. Lip is a kind of like a grounding force in that show. He's not funny. He's probably one of the more dramatic characters in that show. So, like, so, place taking him out and then placing him in this is actually really, really interesting casting. So, once again, Jeremy Allen White should not have won Best Actor for Comedy. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into how Carmen <laughs> was introduced. Yeah, uh, or the opening, the opening, the opening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening is great. The opening is great. Yeah. So, the opening, we we open. It's a cold open. Uh and it's it's Carmi's walking down a very famous street in Chicago, um, and there is a cage in front of him. And as he approaches the cage, we're hearing all this kind of animal noise and animal sounds. And he opens a cage, and out walks a bear. And Carmi is trying to calm the bear down and say it's okay. And as and the bear in the script, the bear is also uh, described as like being uh, beaten and bloody and bruised and these kind of things. And as the bear comes out, Carmen's trying to calm it down. But before Carmen can like really calm the bear down, the bear attacks him, and he wakes up in the start, and he's falling asleep on a prep table. Now, what did that piece of dreamscape surrealism do for you, Colin? Well, first, I, I do want to add to that too, because there's something that they do sound effects wise, sound design wise, at the very mm-hmm. beginning before before the the picture comes up. And they, they, you hear the sound of a pilot light coming on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the gas and the pilot light, which is brilliant. Pilot, you know, pilot light, and it's a kitchen cooking show. Yeah. So I love that. Um, but what that did for me, it, it gave me some questions because I, mm-hmm. I, I thought the show was about a chef. Uh, I don't know what the bear is supposed to represent, but I know it's the title of the show. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a little confused, but I'm, I'm intrigued. And uh, I want to I want to know I want to know what that means. Like, yeah, I, that that's kind of what it did, did for me. It just kind of gave me that right. interesting little opening. Uh, I'm assuming that the bear the the bear is supposed to represent the restaurant. Obviously, I mean it's pretty obvious. But like, I just I, I'm just curious when this is gonna come back. If this is gonna be a motif, like right. What well, I, I I I'll challenge that a little bit. I think like the bear is a i mean the bear is a metaphor for carmen himself and he it's it's that uh that thing is something that he has been he tries to keep a a lid on and we notice that he he himself has a bit of um anger and 
anger issues in and he has a hard time managing his his rage when it does mm-hmm. appear um and so the dream for me is basically what is what he's going to be dealing with for the for the rest of the show it's he's constantly going to be trying to tame this energy this bear that's within him and it's it's going to at times be tameable and at times it's going to attack him and as we notice like when Carmen loses his cool it never serves him never mm-hmm. ever he always gets into more trouble after he loses his cool whether that's internally you know as we see later on the show he's dealing with like you know stomach issues and those kind of things or it's or as we go down the road him losing his cool actually causes the restaurant itself to break down and fail so it is the bear in and of itself is something that he has to tame in order for him to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that cold open it was a great cold open. Yep. It, it does what it's supposed to do. It introduces the main character, but it also, like you said, introduces like a major theme. And then we kind of jump right into it. As soon as he wakes up from this dream, like that music starts coming up, that that mm-hmm. electric guitar, like rhythmic right. thing goes on, which kind of almost it sounds like a like a, the musical version of a ticking time clock, like that's yep. just going yep. like a mile a minute. Yep. And you're yep. just like immediately in it with them. So one thing I, I noticed about this, uh, which I thought was really interesting is I only noticed it this time around when I was uh, doing an analysis for the show is that whenever, whenever is an editing, something I noticed about the editing. So like whenever, Carmi is like hustling to get stuff done when he mm-hmm. when he's like going to get money when he's like trading vintage jeans for <laughs> for cash and, and beef and shit like that whenever that stuff is happening the cuts are like super tight they're very short they're like a minute you know and, and they're just straight hard cuts right. whenever he but whenever he touches food Whenever mm. he's touching food or he's in the kitchen, there's smooth dissolves, like smooth, soft dissolves. Yeah, and, yeah. And it seemed to me that that was supposed to be representative of the care that he takes whenever he gets in his element, right? Yeah. Like whenever he's doing the thing he's not good at, which is business, he's like frantic, and everything mm. about it, and everything about it is frantic. And the visuals are supposed to represent that. But when he gets into that kitchen and he play, he places that nice piece of beef on that yeah. and braises it perfectly. It cuts mm-hmm. it. It's like these these cuts are so smooth and 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 soft, and they, 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 these dissolves are extra like. I mean, they're just taking with as much care as he does with the with the knife, right? Um, right? Right? Well, that's that's also really. I mean, like, let's just say one don't watch the show Hungry, which I did last night. <laughs> it just made me starving. It's it's like it. I equate it to the way that like Miyazaki uh, animates food. Like the the way that they shoot food in the show is just so. You can almost smell it. You can smell the beef sizzling. You can you can almost taste the dishes that they're making it's like and I, and let me tell you like every time people watch this show i feel like everyone all of a sudden like wants to break out a cookbook and start like <laughs> starts yeah. cooking you know I've heard, i'm like I've heard, yeah i've heard stories of people who are like i actually had a friend who um said that they <laughs> was it was it the pink berry or it was like it was like some kind of smoothie shop basically uh-huh. and they they went to the smoothie shop and basically like the the main uh the the I guess the what do you call it? the manager? The manager oh. was there. He wanted everybody to call him chef because he had just watched the bear. 
<laughs> it's like this show is inspiring people to even at even at like the pink berry or like your you know smoothie king people just want to be like Berzado so bad they're just like <laughs> call me yes chef call me chef it's a sign of respect i know i'm i know i'm chopping up ma- mangoes throwing yogurt into a smoothie blender but call me chef i mean he like they they make the restaurant industry uh look so fucking cool and so appealing they do and anybody who's worked in the restaurant industry you really have to love it and yeah i can see like people who work in the restaurant industry do and love it do see it as that they see it as the coolest most awesome dopest job in the world but if you work in the restaurant industry and you don't love it this shit is actually more like the the tension the chaos the frustration like it it is it is a hellscape when you don't love it <laughs> and the, and that and that and the show does a really awesome job of balancing both like you I can know. see like why these people and and that's the thing about restaurant folks is like they are also they're like such cool people but right. then they're also like so fucking stressed out all the fucking time like it's right I, 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 there are very few shows that I think like nail a community as well as the bear does. I also want yeah, to do and, one. I yeah, also want to say one, one other thing about the editing. What, what the editor really does really well is that whatever Carmen is like fixated on also happens within the, in within the into within the intercuts. So as Carmen is like running around and is frantic, you also get cuts of like pictures of family pictures or you get cuts of shots of chicago and those work in two ways it gives us a little bit of exposition it shows us a bit of the world that and it also shows us a bit of a world but it also cues us into what carmen's subconscious is kind of like dealing with and what carmen is kind of fixated on fixated on family fixated being back home right fixated on like trying to get from point a to point b it's all really 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 subtle and all really really specific yeah, I think that's a really good observation, too, because those in those cuts that you're talking about, those family pictures of those Chicago, it's like those are happening while at the very beginning of the show in the first mm-hmm. like third of the show where he's really, really like literally there's a one little shot, which is when I watch it this time, it's so ridiculous. Like He's like, why is he running? I don't know. But he's like, he's got like a <laughs> he's Santa like, Claus, he's like sprinting. <laughs> he's got like a Santa Claus sack full of jeans on, on his back. And he's like running. I'm like, what do you what are you running for? Like, is it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where are you trying to get to anyway? Um, but when but you see those shots during that time, those little clips and those little those little uh, those little images during that time. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, you're right. Like. He's thinking about like this is for my family. This is for Chicago. This is why I'm doing this. Like these are the reasons why I'm running down the streets of Chicago with some vintage <laughs> jeans on my back. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a that's a good observation there. Right, right, right. So as we, as we move forward, uh, and we'll get back to more because like this this whole episode really spends a lot of time just kind of introducing Carmen and his like. Uh, his backstory and like why he's there where he is but then we get our number two we get Sydney who appears uh, and and comes in for basically what is a job interview mm-hmm. and what's great about her character is one it's like we need we I don't know whether or not the show realizes it or not but it, you also need a second outsider in this world in order to be an also act as an audience surrogate in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. sydney does 
does kind of do that. Now, Sydney is Sydney is in all intents and purposes. Uh, Carmen's equal. They have uh, similar. Like uh, she went to a, a, a great chef school. Um, she also worked in some really amazing places. But also, like him, she has to come home. Um, like him, she's at the beef because of family. She has this wonderful thing where she's like, "I want to work here because of my dad." Um, and so it also kind of makes sense, like why on social media people are trying to ship this relationship between Carmi and Sydney. Did you notice? I I've heard this, but <laughs> I don't see it at all. I, I I never saw it until like it got put into my mind. I I just there is there is one episode in season two where I'm like, yeah, that could read as that. I personally just like with uh, Scavenger's Rain, which we did last episode. I like the fact that like they're this is a working relationship. Mm-hmm. And look, y'all, I know y'all out there are you know we we some freaks out there in America, but like not all work relationships need to be consummated. <laughs> no, none, mostly in fact, they none probably of them should do. it. <laughs> like ninety nine percent of them should never be consummated. Let's just make that clear. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I I just didn't see it that way. And I do like I I'm I really enjoy like the the platonic relationships that that get built. Especially yes. with uh, you know, with these with, with, with certain characters that you kind of like your your mind wants to go that way. Right. But I love when they when they just subvert what we what we always tend to want in T V and they just keep it platonic and I yeah, I just yeah. really like that, especially if they do it really well. Yeah. Um because it, it's more realistic. It's it's realistic to what yeah. you know, what we do every day. We work with people, we're not trying to screw everybody that's you know halfway attractive in our job you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like yeah we just work with them yeah anyway so you know I, I love the way they introduce um the characters in this show because it's it happens so incredibly naturally right like right. people come in they say their names and then they give them a task like yes Carm, carmen gives marcus a task so it's like hey the bread is not great you know what i mean uh, or like hey we we need you to you know carmen marcus comes in and he's like hey my, my equipment's broke and he's like i got you man i'm gonna fix it for you like it's mm-hmm. all it's all boiled into a loose plot the loose plot is basically we just got to make this food for today right. um and we've got to get we got to get through this day that that's pretty much what the the plot is other right. than that, it's a, just a bunch of window dressing, a lot of world building, and but it's done in a way that we are all interested in because not a lot of us have, have spent a bunch of time in a high, vo- like a, a super high, fast pace uh, kitchen. So we're seeing this stuff for the first time, right? Um, but yeah, right. I love the way Richie Richie walks in, right? Richie, Richie's, one of yeah, my favorite Richie's characters. Next. Yeah, Richie's Richie comes next. in and and he just starts. He's like a bull in a china shop. He's he's talking, <laughs> he's cursing, he's basically, and he's like, Mister. Everybody loves this guy, but he's an asshole. You know, yes. <laughs> like he's that guy. Like everybody loves him. He's a dick, but we love him. And right. um, and <laughs> Carmi's just like, I tolerate him. He's my family fuck <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that's how that's that's pretty much how carmy like regards him and then they ha- they he immediately starts undermining uh carmen and carmen is like he's he he has no power against against his his cousin against richie like he he just has right. no power in that room right right because we're also we're getting into carmen's like 
uh, Carmi's like journey over the course of seasons at this point. It's Carmi trying to become a leader. And Carmi's not a leader. Carmi's a great chef, but he's not a leader. His brother is. Uh, Richie is. Uh, even the other people in the kitchen are, but Carmi isn't. And, and even and Sydney is. And, and, and Carmi's trying to learn how to be more of a leader. And that's whether or not he can do it or not, that's his journey. Um, what's also great about Richie showing up is that, so but even before we get to Richie, we, we are suddenly introduced to all of the other workers there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Tina, we have Ibrahim, mm-hmm. uh, we have Marcus, and we have Sweeps. They all get little one-liners that basically, like Colin was saying, that establishes their role and establishes their position. Um, we get a little bit of pushback with Carmen, but for the most part, they're just being, you know, disgruntled workers. Soon as Richie shows up, then we have our conflict. Right. Richie's our antagonist. Richie shows up. All the work that Carmen's doing is suddenly upended. Richie's like, no, 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 no. And not only that, but Richie also like belittles all of Carmen's superpowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in an instant. Like Carmen's right. a great chef. Richie's like, yo, fuck that. You're like, yeah. <laughs> right. you know, and even the course of their argument around the spaghetti is all about that. Carmen is like, is this like, Carmi thinks that he knows food, and yet Richie's like, "Nah, my my dude, like, make the spaghetti the way we made the spaghetti because people love it." And Carmi's like, "Even though people love it, it's shit." And <laughs> Richie's like, "It's not shit because people love it. It becomes right. the major. It becomes a metaphor for their this entire argument that the mm-hmm. course of the two of them are going to have through their entire relationship. Because even as yeah. we get into season two, they're still having the same argument." Yeah, yeah, and the spaghetti and the spaghetti and the spaghetti sauce becomes one of the most important aspects oh, yeah. of of the entire show. And then, but we'll get we'll get to that at the the very end, um, of, of when we hit the end of the episode. But yeah, like, I I really love Richie and I love what what he represents. He represents that antagonist, and I also love the way that the show gives you tension and release. Like they mm-hmm. they it's like they're very very conscious about knowing that. This is super intense. The audience is not going to be able to sustain right. a like. A f- they're not going to be able to sit here and watch this level of intensity for this long. So we need to right. release it, right? So for for me, the first the first kind of release was um, when we introduce Sydney, like in our not in well we we introduce her her character, but then we bring her back when Richie. We actually no, actually it's when we introduce Richie introduce right. richie's name not him as a character so like mm-hmm. when when richie's like let's have a conversation and he goes into the freezer then we have another release right like we're, we're outside of the crazy kitchen we're inside of this this freezer and all it right. is and then he's like who the fuck is this and then she's like this is sydney you know what i mean right. she introduces herself now we have a little bit of downtime Right, where right, they can right, have right. that conversation. So that happens a bunch of times throughout the show. Another one, another really good one was when Sugar gets introduced. When Sugar yep. comes in, then all of a sudden the music completely changes. They have this mm-hmm. long, warm moment where they give each other a big, long, like relatively relative to the the length of this show. That hug That's was all- like fucking. <laughs> It's like it was like a lifetime. One percent like, of the show was spent in that, you in know that hug and that embrace. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, I mean, 
it just yeah. shows like how what, how important that ca- that character's relationship is, the, yeah. the grief that they're both experiencing, but also gives us some time to fucking like relax. Yeah, that's actually that when Sugar gets introduced, that's my favorite. Ding ding ding, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> that is my favorite scene, and the, and mainly because of what you said, Colin. Like we're we're it's it's so fast paced, it's so high stakes constantly. It's like it's it. I had a hard time like unpacking this episode because it happens so quickly and so fast so fast and we're getting so much information kind of like bombarding like boom 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 this is this this is who this is this person this is this person da, 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 da. as soon as sugar shows up he uh carmen steps outside the restaurant you know what i mean if this mm-hmm. was 20 if this was 2009 2010 a black key song would play at this point <laughs> exactly <laughs> so as we've seen this is evidence-based <laughs> yeah every show that we've watched from the 20 from the aughts from the early aughts all had the black keys playing oh yeah uh so but we get this really nice like like you know kind of sappy song that's playing we have that really wonderful hug and then this this is such a great for an actor this is such a great scene because it's all about what the characters are not saying you know what mm-hmm. i mean like carmen hasn't seen his sister in this is the first time carmen has seen his sister he he missed the wedding which we also get in a really wonderful line where he's like no i missed it yeah the funeral he missed the funeral excuse me he missed the funeral um they're they're both are dealing with the grief and the death of their brother and yet it's all in the eyes it's all in the the unanswered questions because sugar will ask a question and carmen will give like a half answer you know what i mean it's all in jeremy allen white's like lingering gaze the way that he looks he doesn't quite look at his sister he looks away you know it's like it's such a well acted scene by these two actors that um that's why it is my favorite scene just gonna flag that early on we get these okay. we're gonna bang we're just like the bear we're gonna bang through this show yeah we're, we're going we're moving at rapid fire no we are we're definitely moving through it <laughs> like it's, it's crazy because uh like it, there's so much to talk about but the show is like so short so like you could talk about so many different aspects of what what's going on I, yeah. and i think honestly if if we can do let's can we jump to a b's and c's and yeah y- yeah and then then we can take a break if you're yeah yeah that absolutely absolutely um because i think if, if we do the a b's and c's because this show is going so fast we'll kind of it'll it'll thrust us into more of what's actually happening inside the show you know what i sure. mean yeah. uh just it's just so fast but i'm gonna go with mine first and i i do have three i was surprised i was able to find them but i want okay. to i want to hear what you have to say because i'm curious about your critiques or your your right. what you what you think all right so my a story right carmen begs borrows and steals to keep the beef afloat for the day yeah that's what i got okay i have uh I have my A story is uh, an attempt of at raising money for the restaurant causes Carmen to throw a video game tournament. The beef okay. then has to prep to handle the incoming crash of new customers. So very similar to yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. I got uh, after landing the sous, sous chef job. She doesn't really land it all the way yet, but after landing the sous chef job, Sydney executes a successful family meal. Nice. I like that a lot. I just had Sydney tries to get uh, acclimated to her new position as shoe chef. But that's, that's a good one. Yeah, but yours is great because then it 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 shows like it shows what Sydney's arc is. So Sydney 
is trying to land the job, almost has the job, and is then charged with a task, which is like make family meal. And Sydney makes family meal, and we see little cuts of Sydney throughout the entire episode of making the family meal. Mm-hmm. And at the end, and then we get this wonderful tiny moment where it like Carmen doesn't even flat out give the job, but Carmen tastes Sydney's food, says that's fire, and keeps moving. And we know that Sydney's like in the pocket. Yeah, and I love that line too. I love it. I just love. I just love those short lines that do everything like yeah he just takes a bite and he's like that's fire chef moving on and you already yeah. know she's good she's good yeah she's she's gonna be there forever yeah. and they she he has her respect she has his respect like just just didn't that's fire chef moving yeah. boom moving on keep it moving yeah um and then i like uh I, my third one was marcus learns to respect carmen yes yes that's my you know? that's my runner yeah marcus yeah. is marcus is taught how to properly bake bread yeah, nice. Okay, look, we got them. All. We we did it together. <laughs> I have I have I have one more. Oh, okay. and I don't know. And I don't know if this is a part of A or not. And that's a, a Carmen Richie clash over Carmen's, Carmen's new way of running the restaurant versus Richie's system. And I don't know if that's I like that. If that yeah, if that's tied in the A because I think that's it and, is. But I do think that's a separate story. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that's right. a, that is a runner because it it does. I think it continues on. You know, it's gonna you know it's gonna continue on throughout, right? Um, it and it it doesn't have a resolution, but it doesn't need to have a resolution. It's just kind of like it it is it basically it is a it is kind of tied into the A, but I think mm-hmm. it is a separate story. I think I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because well, that clash is yeah. so important, like that specific one-on-one clash that they have mm-hmm. is so important to the show yeah. and it's kind of almost separate almost you know what i mean yeah i mean it's 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 what is season one mm-hmm. it's basically that and then as we get into season two because richie ends up spoiler because richie ends up losing this clash we then see it thrusts richie into a whole other sphere as richie's trying to re figure out what his purpose is within yeah. the within his life and within uh uh, the new established restaurant. Yeah. You know? No, that's good. I like that too because because it also it even though I didn't I didn't add that I was really tempted to you basically found out how to say what I couldn't figure out because mm-hmm. when he goes in the back and he like quietly takes a bite of that beef sandwich and he's like oh shit like basically he like admits that he was wrong but he can't say it but and that happens that. and that happens right before Marcus admits he was wrong and can say it you know what i'm saying right so it's like um it's funny because like marcus gets his full arc and then like realizes his fault and then Mm. uh richie does the same thing but he can't express it right right right. he won't express it so right I I, i do like that one and it happens all the time in this episode too. Like even like Richie showing up to the spices, and Richie like, you know, where where's the where's the That's flakes, right. where's the spices, and then Marcus is like, well, it's very clearly labeled. <laughs> and Richie doesn't, chili Richie, yeah, chili flakes. And Richie doesn't like Richie doesn't admit that he's that he's wrong. However, he's like he's realizing very slowly that he actually is wrong, and his system yeah. isn't as efficient as it should be. That's a good one. So there's yeah. four. Just imagine, like, think about how many. How many episodes of TV that are long as shit and only have one or two stories? Right. And this one is 23, four minutes long and it has right. four that you can point to that are right. separate. You're right. That Richie one, it, like you're, I didn't even think about the Chili Flakes as a separate part of that clash. Right. But you're right. You're right. 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 But even no, like, and all, and all the characters have something to learn. I mean, like, like Carmen through the, so Carmen, for example, loses his knife. And, and so through in the course of the, of the thing, he's, 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 
bitching and complaining about the fact he lost his knife, lost his knife, lost his knife. And then he knows the knife is on the floor and he realizes that his own actions have caused the knife to be lost. That's good, It's man. just, and it, you don't, you don't hear him saying things like, oh, because of my actions, I lost my knife. Mm-hmm. You just see, you just see him look and see the knife and you see the fatigue on his face as he picks the knife up and realizes like, oh dude, you're actually the one who, you don't know what you're doing. You don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing. You're the you bad leader. You think you're not as good a leader as you think because you're blaming right. everybody else and it was your fault. Right. All you right. know, no, that's great. That's also a great observation. All right. So with that, let's take a break and then we'll be back more with the episode one show covering the bear. And we are back with the episode one show. We are covering The Bear, one of our favorite shows of 2023. We're talking about the second season, but we are covering the pilot episode of The Bear. All right. So let's get back into it. We just got done doing the A, B's and C stories. And I think that was just Mm -hmm. a great way to kind of like getting us back into the story because we have so much to say about the show and what we love about it. Right. Um, But this is a this is a screenwriting show. So let's uh, you got to talk about the story and like the format and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, with that, Ness, this is a very special show. I loved it. I know Elijah did. I think you Mm -hmm. you want to talk a little bit about what you feel about it. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we have we have a little question like what makes this different? What makes this special? And I the reason why I would say this is different. This is special is because it breaks a what I thought to be a commandment when it comes to i don't know why i said it like that commandment i don't know why i said it like that. <laughs> commandment <laughs> a commandment and i think it breaks a, a commandment in 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 screenwriting and storytelling and that is we're actually thrust after the inciting incident for the main character so we're put right in the character in crisis and we get all of the uh, info dumps as the character is dealing with a crisis, which I think is a really, really brilliant way. One, because of where we are. I mean, this is, it's very telling for like a restaurant for the, for the, everything to be happening in such a, a, a chaotic mode, but it also th- keeps us pushing. It keeps the pilot from getting bogged down in, in some of the other pilots that we've had more di- issues with which is like them having to build the world and spending so much time building the world that we actually don't get to plot we don't get to story um so like the inciting incident for carmen is the fact that like his brother is dead and he inherits the restaurant Mm -hmm. and in a more traditional kind of you know in a more traditional story we would have seen carmen in new york or you know at french laundry working you know what i mean being unhappy at at his job even though he thinks he's happy you know what i'm saying like and suddenly he gets the call that his brother's dead and then he has to go home you know what i mean or we would have seen Mm -hmm. him at the funeral or we would have seen the funeral and then he's missing we would have seen all this other shit before we actually get him in the restaurant and the the writers put him in the restaurant first and that's the first image that we see and i think that's a very bold thing to do and i think it's a very and i think it's it takes a big risk because the audience could be lost um however the showrunner and the writers trust the audience enough that we can go right into what this what the story is about and they'll get the information that they need to get in order to continue to move on yeah and and with that said do you feel like that is an inspiration for you or something that you might want to employ in your own writing or like is something that you're thinking about or uh, yeah, how, do you, no. how does that affect the way you what you're thinking about as a writer no absolutely because it's it's you know in my own writing oftentimes what i would get is like scenes the notes that i'll get are 
these scenes are interesting, but they don't quite work because nothing is really happening. We're getting a lot of information, but but the characters aren't growing. They aren't moving from point A to point B. The story is kind of stagnant, you know what I'm saying? Or it's just a bunch of banter. And what it, what it tells me is that actually I can get it to the engine of the show a lot quicker than I think I need to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can put my character two weeks in to the job they've been set to do rather than thinking that I need to have them find out about the job and then go work at the job. You know what I mean? Like, we can start with Frodo on the road. We don't have to start with Frodo at the Shire. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or... It's not a three-hour movie. It's not a three-hour movie. <laughs> or we can start with Jon Snow at the wall. Oh, Lord Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the Game of Thrones music. <laughs> there we go. There it is. No, no, it's interesting. No, it, it did make me think about some of these scenes and what they're doing inside of the scenes when you're talking about the, the notes that you're getting. There's one scene that kind of jumps out at me right now, and it's about mm-hmm. it's it's fact fact the um the uh the maintenance man and like mm-hmm. best friend Cuzzo of the of the whole beef crew, and he's he's in the foreground in this shot and he's working on something and I can't remember if we know what it is. I think I think he's working on the thing from Marcus. Yeah, he's um, working on the he's working on the mixer. The mixer, and mm-hmm. we don't see the mixer. We just see him like basically up against the camera, just kind of like turning the wrench. And he's mm-hmm. in the foreground. Marcus is behind him, like basically like monitoring everything. Carmi comes into the frame and says some stuff. Then then Richie comes into the frame and says some stuff. And then they, Marcus, in fact, talk about that. And then Richie comes back around and like notices that that fact is talking junk about him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He's like, is he always an asshole like this? Yeah, man. He just, you know, he just said, it's like all of that. It was like 30 seconds. But, but one, one, one thing that's happening is there's something happening for the plot because fact is trying to fix the thing that, that Marcus right. was saying that he needed to be fixed. Right. We're seeing Marcus and fact build a relationship as they're talking to each other right. here. We're finding out that Fack knows Richie from years, and right. he has a he has an opinion about him. We find out that Richie has an opinion about Fack, and like he knows he's talking shit, and they're mm-hmm. gonna, ha- and that ha- causes a little like comedic, you know, little story that they're gonna have back and forth throughout the the series mm-hmm. and the season. Um, so there's a lot going on right there, but everybody's active. Right, everybody in the scene is active, so. There's plot movement, there's character building, all these things. So it's, it makes me think about like when we're writing scenes, what can we make our characters do physically in the space that mm. kind of is representative of the plot and like also the the drama that's happening. What conversations can we have have them doing at the very same time? There mm. was a there was a, a Kramer versus Kramer scene that my professor R.I.P. Um, talked about and kind of taught us how to do it but basically it's a scene where the the the, the dad is making breakfast for his son and he's like you gotta you gotta make your characters be active while they're talking about Mm -hmm, plot driven mm -hmm. things make Mm -hmm. them do things like what do you want them to do are they gonna be playing with their hands are they gonna be standing in the scene what are they gonna be working on what are they going to be doing? So it just makes me think about how we can make our characters active physically and have that physical act have to do with the plot, have to do with the theme, right. and then like make these scenes really active and, and interesting. Right, right, right. It's then you know for those who've read Save the Cat, it's the Pope and the it's the Pope and the Pool. So uh, in that book, 
the they're saying uh, the guy was saying like if you're gonna have these kind of info dumps which is essentially what that scene with fact is it's, it's an opportunity to kind of give some background it's an opportunity to kind of like introduce a little bit of character stuff you have to have them kind of like doing something and this one is like the pope in the pool the pope is swimming and still we're getting information about like what is happening in the world that's around them so and what's also really wonderful about that is like once again within the show it all everything kind of happens with a single line like we find out that richie's actually pretty depressed because fact says he's dead inside we find out that sydney <laughs> is sydney is still is still making what sydney's making because sydney comes in and is like do you got that stale bread so sydney we 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 see like sydney's own resourcefulness in making family meal you know what i mean it's so it's just this show is so like tight and packed for 23 24 minutes but we get everything that we need mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah all right so moving on we'll get to the some segments some segments all right i w- you already talked about your favorite scene uh-huh um i'm gonna i'm gonna do my favorite scene first okay okay i'm gonna do my what favorite scene next rather all right my favorite scene speaking of family meal i just wanted to bring up that one because that one that scene i loved so much it was my favorite scene in the entire show i liked that uh sydney oh i'm not gonna bring up the line yet but sydney got to show what she's a maid of like why right. she deserves to be there and then she gained the respect of the entire crew because the food was so freaking good right even tina who hates her tina's <laughs> like i never had plots and those with grass on them like this this is weird but she said i didn't say i didn't like it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but it was just like a cool thing like everybody sees you get those moments when you're doing hard work like when you've done hard work hard labor and then you get to sit down for a moment for a meal or a moment to kind of like yeah. smoke a cigarette with your buddies or whatever it is you do and then laugh and joke and just have some like a little reprieve from the chaos mm-hmm. of like blue collar work yeah then I don't know. It's something about that that was just just felt really nice and authentic and watching everybody like make jokes. And even Richie gets a little bit of, uh, right. you know, uh, you know, we, we look at Richie a little differently. You know, right. we, we see why he's the guy everybody loves, you know. Right, right, right. And we also see kind of the difference in cultures that from where Carmi is coming in versus what is happening at the beef. Like Carmi understand. Uh, Carmi has a has the tradition of family meal. He's the one who puts Sydney on it. However, his understanding of family meal isn't them sitting down and finishing the meal. It's just like y'all got to eat before y'all work. So eat quick, and then let's like get a back militaristic. To work. Yeah, it's like militaristic. Yeah. You know, like there's a whole scene. You know, the 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 thing in the military where they say like you sit down and you you know mm-hmm. you eat your food fast and you keep moving. Yeah, that's what he's like. He can't even he can't even sit down and he won't yeah. take the meal. He's just no. like so nervous and then we've yeah. all been there too i think we've mm-hmm. all been in that place where we're sitting out eating the family meal with our with our comrades through a tough day and we've all been like the leader of a project where we're the ones who are freaking out and everybody else gets <laughs> to enjoy it and we're happy they're enjoying it but we're still freaked out you know what yeah I mean? we're still like let's go let's go let's go and it's yeah. also great it's a great juxtaposition for another richie uh carmy scene where richie's basically just telling a story and in front yeah. of everybody and Carmi comes in and he's, he's trying to get something and Richie mm-hmm. stops and says no we're working here and this is a part of work like coming together sitting That's down right. and eating and breaking bread and saying what you're grateful for is a part of work in Richie's mind and as well as Richie sitting there and telling a story it's a part of work That's right. you know what I mean right. so 
part that's the interesting thing about this debate between Carmi and Richie like there's elements of Richie's system that does work and there's elements of Carmi's system that does work but Carmi's system isn't going to work here and Richie's system isn't working and so something has to shift for both of them yeah that's a great that's a great that's a great observation too so with that, I'm going to go to coldest lines. And I had to I had to stop myself from saying one of them. Well, one of them was the one. Because you almost put the whole damn show. You almost yeah. like, was like. <laughs> dude, dude, I have so many of these. I'm pulling them out now. But the um, the one where she says, uh, what she said about the platinos, I really like that, too. That was already one. That was that was a line I had to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a couple other ones that I really, really. Oh, <laughs> when Richie comes out with the gun. Uh, <laughs> well, when she when he, when he goes back inside and he goes, Sydney, sorry about the gun, babe. I had to get real. Sorry about the gun, babe. It had to get real. Like, yeah, sorry like about the gun, Sydney. Sydney, yeah, real. Had to had to get real. Uh, what's another one that I really really liked? Oh, jeez, now I can't find them. I didn't flag them, so now I'm just like going through all my notes to find <laughs> Do you have any uh, coldest lines while I find my other ones? Yeah, my coldest line is a bit of a cheat. My coldest line is Richie's entire speech with the gun. Mm-hmm. So they so 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 Carmi, so so they're basically Carmi's uh, uh, Instagram post about the tournament, which is basically the the kind of the 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 big thrust of this episode uh, works, which is great. But it works too well. Now all of a sudden they're being inundated with all these like fucking nerds who are trying to play this like video game. And so Carmi goes out there and tries to get them to calm down and the nerds kick his ass. Which is also yeah. interesting because Carmi's kind of jacked and he gets his ass kicked. He's also like 5'3 though. So he got, He's got short king. Like he's like short king status. Like I, I'm, I, I, would, I, I would think based on the way they present Carmi that like Carmi can fight but in he fact just has he, the, he has he looks like a guy who can fight in his face like his face <laughs> looks like a dude who's like he look he has the intensity of a guy who can fight but I'm not scared of no damn Carmi man <laughs> well so anyway he's getting his ass kicked <laughs> and Richie comes out and gives a speech that is like off the chain and i'm not going to try to give it i'm um we're just going to stick this in yeah hopefully hopefully the entirety of the speech because like that speech is is fire and 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 he and and throughout the entire course of the speech like the the actor is like thrusting the gun at the audience at the yeah Yeah, he literally points it at them (laughs) which is wild after he's already fired it so you know it's loaded <laughs> yeah yeah he's, and he's and he, he doesn't take his finger off the trigger his finger is still on the trigger as he's thrusting the gun at this crowd of like cosplaying nerds it's it's too good so we're gonna have a little tournament here today we are gonna be on our best behavior we're not gonna scare any regulars we're not gonna touch them we're not gonna look at them all weird we're not gonna do any of that spectral shit
I hate litter. So you cocks are gonna clean up after yourselves, and you're gonna goddamn recycle. Fuck you. And and like it also does, you know, going back to the, the screenwriting part, it does does do some of some character building as well. Yes, like, yes, it does. You know, this dude, he's strapped in a yes. place where you ain't supposed to be. That's one, because yes. we ain't in North Carolina now. <laughs> it ain't no, open no this is Chicago. <laughs> yeah. This ain't no open carry state like no North Carolina, Virginia. You know what I mean? Uh, so he, you, you know, he's involved in some some other shit as well. So yeah, it, it does yeah, that yeah. too. So yeah, we'll definitely yeah. stick that in there. I love that scene too, or yeah. that that line. So I got a couple more though. I found them. I underlined them. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So uh, it's one. One is like a conversation, a little bit. They, they do really good stuff with like the lines are just like little quips between two people so that's mm-hmm, why the, mm-hmm. there's a couple i got all right so sydney asked i know who you are oh yeah yeah I'm, i mean you're the most excellent cdc at the most excellent restaurant in the entire united states of america so what are you doing here i guess making sandwiches what are you doing here and Carmen's like making sandwiches. Yeah, that's great. after great. they have that that great line. Of course, the context about them, be, but them both being like really high level chefs. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing here, making sandwiches? Uh, the other line I loved when when Richie asked, basically when Richie was like, "This is your brother's place. I'm supposed to be running this. Blah blah. I know the system. Blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. And then Rich, and then and then Carmen goes, "This is your brother's house. Okay. Yeah. Remember, I was running it fine without you." Why didn't he leave it to you then? Then why didn't he leave it to you then? Uh huh. That's great. Yeah. And it's just like the, this. This show, like they just because they're family. Like everybody in the show is family, and as we know, with family, like family can just slip that knife right between the ribs. Yeah, exactly. Because nobody knows you like family, so like right. you're just gonna, and then you're gonna give it a little twist, like you know, stick the knife right. in and give it a little twist, and yeah. then walk away. <laughs> that's so funny because my wife was walking by when uh, I was watching this and that line comes up and she's just like taking care of the baby she's not watching at all she's like grabs the baby and walks into the kitchen and she hears that line she goes mm. <laughs> she goes, mm. Mm. damn <laughs> yeah. so anyway another one I love this one uh, so much but it it's the, the guy from The Shy who we said is is in the same universe yeah this <laughs> the is the same who, once again uh, this is the same universe as The Shy the bear uh, and The Shy I want that dude the the base the dude who we find out spoiler alert has a, had a baseball career before uh-huh. I wanted him to I wanted him to have so much more and I want him if, if I know they get season three they probably will obviously mm-hmm. but he needs a storyline so bad yes, he's a yes, great he actor and I really yes. like his his charisma every time he gets a shot at being on screen. Mm. But he says this line where he basically, he talks to Sydney and he's like, Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know that's fire. Yeah, fucking fire. Mm-hmm. So how you gonna pass the family test? Delicious or impressive? Delicious is impressive. Where? So how you gonna, how you gonna do family meal? He's like, delicious mm. or impressive? And she says, delicious is impressive cold yes yes such a cold line yeah yeah because yeah. because sydney's like sydney's a g like we we were talking about avi and uh scavengers reign as being a badass like sydney is a badass and we realize like as the show goes on like how much how much of a bad badass sydney actually is mm-hmm. and oftentimes yeah. like sydney's badass because sydney also has a business mindset sydney's badassery is actually 
surpasses surpasses that of Carmi. You know. Oh yeah, because Carmen Carmi is not a businessman. Like at all. She is Car- a business. Carmi can't fight. Carmi can't fight. Carmi ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Carmi can't run a business. <laughs> yeah. And then the last line I already said with Tina was like, I never had plots and notes with like grass on it. That's just funny. That's, That's great. just a funny That's line. Great. That's great. But yeah, there's so I, many great lines in this show. I got a, I got another one. Um a frack is is giving this long speech about the flowers to the funeral and Carmi goes like, I don't know, I wasn't there. Yeah. Just like just And it was almost a throwaway line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the because the, the the actors still focus on what the actor is his points of concentration was, which is like the the ball burger game. So, but you get everything that you need to know. Like, Carmi didn't go to his brother's funeral. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is terrible. Yeah, but terrible. and again, they just do so much. They throw stuff Ooh. in because, like that Ooh. fact. Go ahead. Go ahead. One so. more. One more. One more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So so Carmi makes his, his food, everyone eats it, everyone is like, This is great and then they turn to Ibrahim and they're like, Ibrahim, what do you think? And Ibrahim goes redundant and white just like you. Her, 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 Tina. It's white and redundant just like you. Yes. Yes, that's the other one. That's the other one. I, that I couldn't find in my notes and, and underline. But yes. That one's so good too. So good. Yeah. But yeah, no, this show is just full of great lines. It's so good. Yeah, and yeah. It's just fun, man. You, you know, it's just fun to be. You know what's funny about it though? Because so many people I know when, uh, when I'm like, oh, have you seen the bear? It's either like, oh, I fucking love the bear, or it's like, ooh, I watched that first episode and I just couldn't. It was just too yeah. intense. Like, yeah, it, the, all the cuts, like the intensity, is just too much. I, and I notice there's some people that just do not like to be in a high pressure cooker yeah. scenario they just right. hate it and it f- makes them feel so uncomfortable that they can't even watch it and right. it's it's just such an interesting kind of dynamic in that way it definitely it 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 does something now as you mentioned that it does something that that i didn't think a pilot should do but i think is really interesting it kind of it kind of weans people out like it it gives you what the tone of the show is going to be Either mm-hmm. you're going to be on this ride with it or you're not. And if you're not going to be on this ride with it, deuces. It's not trying to like, you know, this is, and this is my critique of season two versus season one. Mm-hmm. Season one isn't trying to be a four quadrant show. You know what I mean? Like season one is, is trying to tell its story and to the best of its ability where you can see the shift. All of a sudden with season two, they're like, oh shit, we got a hit. And you can mm-hmm. see the tone shift. You can see the the you can see like some of the subject matter shift. You can see it suddenly become more of a show that that anybody could get into, that anybody can watch. It becomes um, it starts to feel more more like this is us as the show moves into season two. Where yeah, versus it's even season more like it's polished cinematography wise and yeah, like yeah. you can see it's so much cleaner. Like it's the first yeah. season so much more raw. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. missed that. I missed that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. All right, so we got our coldest line. Who's your Steph Curry? My Steph Curry. Um, I'm I'm giving it to uh uh at wait I I don't I don't want to mess his name up. I know we were just talking about messing people's names up. And I'm about to do it. <laughs> no, no, Ebon Moss Bacharach. I gave it to him. Yes, um, me too. That's my that's my Steph Curry. That's the actor I felt like couldn't miss in this episode. He was given so much to do as the antagonist, mm-hmm. and he just felt so incredibly real. Knocked um, it out of the park. He, you know, I I just believe everything he says. I believe every B 
behavior. It's like it's almost like it was like I think that might be him, or he knows he's got to know somebody like that, right? Because he just does it too well, like that, like northeastern, like blue collar, been to jail a couple times, carries a gun, <laughs> but it's like sweetheart at the same time, like right. we'll shoot you, but is also like a good dad, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. <laughs> Right. I mean? low, low key is a misogynist. Low key might be a little low key, racist. High key misogynist. <laughs> high key racist. Probably voted for Trump. Like, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. You know, but still, like, is is endearing in in a lot of ways. And what is yeah. also great about this show is like, is that there's a lot of like theater actors in it, and there's a lot of like people that have been doing this for a long time, and so you can see just like an ease to the way that they work and the language of this show especially once you get into the speeches can be kind of theatrical mm-hmm. you know and so like you could see people who just have uh just have an ability and a mastery to like deal with text you know mm-hmm. in a way that i think like a lot of like once we get into like people who just do tv 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 all the time don't necessarily isn't necessarily their their strong suit yeah for sure so yeah uh, that's my that's my Steph Curry. What's your Juneteenth award? Oh man, we both had the same Juneteenth award, and of so of course we do. <laughs> uh, she won an Emmy, um, and what we're gonna do is we are going to say this name because we also want to make sure that we say the name right. And I have I so so TMI. I I think I have low key dyslexia, so I want to make sure that I say it right. So if I fuck it up. You're Colin. so scared. Just go. Can you just say it? Can you just say her name? We got it. If you get it wrong, it's okay. Just we gotta cut it. We're gonna cut it. Uh, uh, Not cut. A- say uh, her name. <laughs> Ayo Adebri. Ayo. Ayo. Adebri. Okay, so that's cut. Don't. Don't. <laughs> no. 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 You got it. Ayo Adebri. Ayo Adebri. Yeah. Ayo so Adebri. my June. Think, my yeah. Juneteenth. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> My Juneteenth is Ayo Debris. Your Juneteenth is Ayo Debris, and it's mine as well. <laughs> I, I I love you know what I love about her um, character is like, man, this sounds crazy. This sounds kind of messed up, but it's not. It, if you if you know me at all, you know this is not a knock on black people, black nerds, or nothing like that. But she kind of has like an avatar for a black nerd. Like she she's yeah. almost like interesting representation for black characters on screen because she's clear she she's entering the black woman that's entering a space that you don't see a lot of black women in she masters it which we always we see that a lot in you know black women jumping into the fields that they 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 should they quote unquote shouldn't be in and then um just the way that she behaves just reminds me of a lot of uh people that i know but we don't really see that character a lot we don't see Mm -hmm. that character represented but it's funny because i know so many women like her um mm-hmm. you know who are who clearly have different interests than a lot of uh stereo stereotypical uh black folks do and she owns it and she's like excellent at it she's confident and she's smart uh she's got a lot of charisma but she also mm-hmm. knows how to like back off and like she can be a leader but she can also be a, a, a team player as well so right. um no i just really like that character she rep- she's she's awesome black representation Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. It doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel like I think. I think what is the trap of it is that it can feel a little bit like black exceptionalism. It can feel a little 
a little tokeny, um, but it doesn't at all with this with with um, her performance as well as the way the character is written. Um, mm-hmm. We we also what's wonderful about the actress and her work is the fact that like she knows herself so well, you know, on camera, and so that everything that whenever the camera is on her, it's there's such a a, a there's such a groundedness as well as a presence in her work. Um, you, you saw it in like um, uh, that movie with, that she did. Oh man, what's that movie that she did? The last like like uh, a theater camp and um, oh man, what's that movie about the lesbians? Did you see that movie? No, I didn't see it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Ayala <laughs> <laughs> debris. <laughs> bottoms, debris. bottoms, bottoms. Yes, yeah. yes. She does it in bottoms, and 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 what's great is is it's like because she's so adept at comedy, even when it's drama, there's there's still that sense of levity to her work that it just it comes off as charming, and and she doesn't like force the drama. It doesn't veer into sentimentality. It just comes off as charming. So she can do like like bottoms, which is like a really absurd comedy, or she can do something like you know the bear which is like it just needs that kind of little light touch to our work which is great yeah, yeah. all right so we got through our segments our coldest line our mm-hmm. steph curry award and our juneteenth now we have to get through our cliffhanger theory okay uh, cliffhanger theory right okay. so cliffhanger theory is this something that i'm coining i say i've coined but i'm coining um actively <laughs> still trying to figure it out but what i believe there are three different types of of cliffhangers and most pilots have them not everyone has them but most pilots have them and one is called the burning question the burning question is like the question at the end of the scene at the end of the show that you just need to know like and Mm. you will come back to find it out because it's so so burning right the second one is the big reveal it's the thing that we've been trying to find the entire time and once the the mystery box is open we're so excited that we want to keep coming back and find Mm -hmm. out what happens next and then lastly is the uh, main character activate which is like a main character that's been going through struggles the entire time usually found in the drama and then at the very end they kind of come into their own and they become the character that we kind of knew they were going to from the beginning and we want to see what happens what what they what they what they do with the superpower that they've just acquired or uh with the information that they just they've just gotten and for me i'm gonna ask you first i have mine uh, i want to know what you think you're if this if this has a cliffhanger and if so which one do you think it is it definitely has a cliffhanger um the the way the show kind of works and if and I'm thinking back because it's been a while since I watched season one, but it works very similar to anime in the style that the that it goes in arcs. And so right now we're at the ball breaker arc, and that hasn't been completed yet. And so what I see is that this is a main character uh, activate. We see Carmi like whole like is making spaghetti reluctantly um, because everything that he's done up until this point has failed. And finally, Richie's just like, make the fucking spaghetti. And so Carmen's like, all right, fine, I'm going to make the spaghetti. So he's making spaghetti. And then he decides at the last minute to throw the spaghetti away and do his own thing. Um, we get that wonderful shot of him tossing away and a shot of his face as he walks off. 
very earnestly. Yes, yes, that's what I got too. Same reason, same same thought process behind it. Yes, I got the main character activate. I'm loving the cliffhanger theory. It's bearing out pretty <laughs> pretty well so far. I got a little I got a little addition to add to it. This comes Ooh. after the uh, scavengers reign, and not a different category. Um, yeah. But it's interesting because like if we go back to scavengers reign, which similar to to the um, similar to the bear. Um, were dropped in after the characters have, are put in a state of crisis after months mm-hmm. um, or after a, a period of time. Um, what's interesting about Scavenger Rain is Scavenger Rain then sticks the inciting incident of the entire story of the season at the end of it, where with of the end of the pilot, where with the bear, this, the um, the inciting incident happens uh, before we even start watching the characters. So I think there's an interesting thing that can happen with the cliffhanger in terms of like if you're building a cliffhanger for your for your pilot, maybe sometimes the cliffhanger can be t- tied to your inciting incident of the entire show or your story engine. You know what I'm saying? And that be the question that then is proposed that then drives the characters kind of forward as we as you move forward in your season. I don't know. Something to think about. Something I've noticed. I like everything, but I'll push back on one thing about yeah. the inciting incident being, um, I think the inciting incident for, this is scavenger, scavenger's reign part. <laughs> the inciting incident <laughs> is the, the, the Demeter hitting, the, the Demeter exploding. So it does happen uh-huh. before. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. So that that's what that's what I'll that's the only thing I'll say about what you just said there um, that I disagree with, and it's but it is very similar to it's like the Demeter exploding is the same as the is is uh, uh, Berzado's brother dying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, the thing that happens off camera, off 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 story before we start, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing that gets them going and and changes the way all the oh. characters have to do things, but. Oh. So you got any, uh, what story threads do you anticipate coming? And we both okay. watched this yeah. season and we watched yeah, season yeah, yeah. two. So we're going to be thinking of it just from the pilot. Yeah. I'm going to retrospectively put myself back in the, that intense moment of really enjoying that first episode. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing Richie and Richie and, and Carmi are going to keep battling, keep yep. battling, keep battling. But Richie's going to eventually richie's gonna give up and find and 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 give up the ghost that's not the right phrase he's gonna say <laughs> i was wrong isn't giving the ghost death that's dying yeah that's dying. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i used a completely wrong phrase there so that moving on i see uh marcus marcus is gonna be the first i think marcus is gonna be the first to adopt carmen as like a leader and okay. he's he's gonna jump on his team. I feel like that's what I see. I mm-hmm. see. Uh, I see. Sydney. Sydney is going to. She's gonna keep showing her worth. She's she's gonna keep on clashing with Tina. Also, I see Carmen is gonna be in deep denial about the grief that he's experiencing, and and use the bear to deal with it instead of mm-hmm. facing it head on. I see him his sister is going to come in somewhere I don't know how. She's going to she's going to she's going to come back somehow. There's no reason why she would she could have been on the phone. She could have dropped the she could have dropped the jeans off and left, but we see her there. So she's going to pop up somewhere else. Um 
Fack. I want to know more about Fack. What was he? What? Where does he fit in? Is he just? Is he just like Fat Comic Relief Guy? And that's what it seems mm-hmm. like he is, Fat Comic Relief Guy. Right. Um, Ibrahim. I love Ibrahim, and I want to see more of him, but I don't know where he's gonna fit in. <laughs> I want to know his story. That's it. That's all. I got. Uh, you missed Tina. Oh, Tina. No, I love Tina. No, Tina and Sydney. Tina and Sydney. They're gonna keep going oh, yeah, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. is. I think Tina from the from the first episode is like Tina starts stealing the show a little bit as a side character. Uh-huh. Like she's she's a she's one of the crew members that's not getting left behind. She feels like really really important from yeah. from that pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and also what's also funny about that pilot is there's like three or four other people that we don't we never find never see again. They never see <laughs> like the, the the dishwashers. There's like dishwashers in there. Yeah, there's like there's like these guys who are at line cooks. Line cook, they don't speak. They like it's not these four or five people. There's like it's actually a pretty well staffed right restaurant. Um, I think like we also like, I mean the big engine and the big crust of this story is like Ken Carmi like turned the bear around, um, uh, turned the beef around. Uh, and so, like, you know, is Karma going to be able to pay off the bills? Is Karma going to keep, you know, right. bringing in customers? Like, I, I, that's a that's a big crust of it. Um, we do get that shot. And even though I wasn't aware of it at the time, but but now thinking in hindsight, we do get that shot of the Bear restaurant. We see, like, a, a mock-up of the restaurant with a little Bear logo. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we're driving towards it's a little thing that's kind of placed there that we don't really necessarily know um and then why did the brother kill himself you know mm. i think that's a big yeah. major question that's kind of floating over all of them and um as with everybody who's dealing with grief and especially grief that has come that has come from self-harm the major question is like why did they do this mm-hmm. um and and their own personal guilt that I think everyone in the family is kind of facing. So, yeah, all yeah. that in twenty four <laughs> fucking minutes. Yeah, that's yep. all. All that twenty and like we've watched we've watched pilots that are that are hours. We've watched pilots that are two parters that are almost two hours. Mm-hmm. We've watched pilots. We have watched so many pilots and. I, I'm hard pressed to think of another one that asks so many questions that creates so many different potential plot threads um, and in such a tight amount of time. Right, right. Excellent, excellent work. So here's the All question. Right. What mm-hmm. kind of pilot? Is it, a, is it bad? Is it decent? Is it good? It's is it great? Pilot. It's a great is pilot. Is it game changing? It's game changing. This is a game changing Oh, pilot. whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a game-changing pilot, 100%. And this is why. It's a game-changing pilot because when people watch this, people are now going to try... I think when we talk about game-changing, it means this is a this is a foundational piece for like an archetypal version of mm-hmm. what we're going to see in the in the future. And I'll, I'll, we're only going to see watered-down versions of it from now right. on. So everybody's going to try to do their best. It's like, uh, you know... It's like Abbott. Abbott's a game-changing show. I don't know about about pilot, but it's a game-changing show. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to do that now. They're they're gonna try to figure out how to how do we repurpose this? How can we re- reverse engineer to make it uh, yep. make this again? Everybody's gonna want to do the half-hour drama, half-hour dramedy that's intense. 
that focuses on real characters and it's funny mm-hmm. and it's dramatic but and it's and it's got so many stories and storylines and it's got great characters like i obviously i just named a lot of what everybody's trying to make but i think with this show particularly is one of those where people are going to be studying it they're going to it's going to be in a lot of bit a lot of uh, film school classes is going to be yep. studying a lot of film schools uh, this pilot particularly and it's they're going to I guarantee you there's a 19 year old right now doing a beat sheet for the bear pilot right now <laughs> I mean there's probably hundreds of them honestly there's probably hundreds of them yeah and not just 19 year olds there's probably like 45 year olds also making a beat <laughs> right. sheet <laughs> right there's, there's people in colleges and there's people paying for screenwriting right. <laughs> courses right. that are doing the same shit and we're going to watch and we're going to see the bear set you know, and in every single major blue collar industry, we're going to see a UPS bear. <laughs> we're going to see a lot. Of, they're going to see a lot of pitches for them. Are they going to make it? We don't. Right, know. that's a good question. We'll see like a nuclear reactor right. bear. Right, because this is what this is going to happen. People are going to say like, "It's the bear," but blah blah blah. It's the bear, but blah blah blah. It's the bear, but it's in a hairdresser. Like it's the bear, right. except it's at the UPS. It's the bear, except <laughs> at you know the Amazon warehouse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, dead ass. Uh, uh, here's one last question before we get into before we close on out. Um, what is what are some themes and stuff that we that we kind of like gleaned from all this? Like, what are some like what are some what is some stuff that we uh that were kind of that you that you were left with upon watching this pilot, mm. and then we yeah. also got to do our log lines once we're once we're out. Yeah, it's the theme of like found family, um, mm-hmm. found family through your workplace. Like it's a workplace it's a workplace drama, you know. So that's there's there's always about those are always about found family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got obviously real family drama, uh, but we've got the the theme of like how do we deal with grief how do we distract ourselves from the grief that we experience Uh, Mm -hmm. where does that where does that go uh where's some other thematic things Mm -hmm. i think themes for me themes take more time for me to sit down and analyze like they don't Mm -hmm. come really as naturally to me as like what I'm looking at on the screen, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, right. So I, I think I have to, I had to have to really sit down a little bit with this one to to really bear out some some really strong ones. But you, you're you're pretty you're pretty adept at at identifying thematic elements. Which which you got there? Well, I got like I got tradition versus innovation, uh, which is oh, like Richie's yeah Richie system versus Carmi. Um, I have the you know, and this might be me thinking ahead, but we have the nature of art. And the place of art of the artist within a community, uh, because Carmi is an artist. We can see it the way that Carmi makes food, mm-hmm. um, and then having to go back to his hometown. Like, how does his art then helps his hometown? How does art then help his family? Um, of course, like how wh- what what self harm does to a family, and then how does one deal with the grief of and guilt that is associated with that. Um, there's also stuff about the toxic American work ethic because you, we can see like how Carmi's uh, sheer ambition and focus has impacted his him psychologically and physically. Um, there's like little lovely things like harmony amongst the chaos. Like you can see like the Zen nature that Carmi can kind of get when he's cooking, even though the, it, everything's chaotic around him. 
um which is also really lovely it does dabble a little bit in race it does dabble a little bit in in gender um it does dabble a little bit in gentrification it's there's so many things that this this show kind of like dabbles in and unpacks and which i think is you know the thing about the show that i we were we were having hard pressed to try to find comps to this for me the show is like a great play you know it's like a great american play Mm. you know one of these like kitchen sink tennessee williams August Wilson, Stephen Al- Stephen Ali Gurgis is the playwright that immediately comes to mind with this play, which is pretty interesting because a a chunk of the actors are actually actors that 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 playwright has worked with directly. So this play, it's 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 for me, it's less of a TV show and more of a play. Entered a whole new medium. I have no idea about. <laughs> maybe well, that maybe. Was- Maybe that's the engine of this show is that I'm just going to teach Colin about animation yeah. and plays. I know this is <laughs> awesome. No, but that was great. I love I love when you um when you start breaking down the themes. I always love that. Uh, yeah. All right, I so get, I think we yeah. I got to get more. So like we talk about what what does Carmi can learn and what does Richie can learn. What I need to learn is like what do I see on the screen and and, and be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Colin, what you need to learn is is themes and this yeah. is why we're together <laughs> no i know I, I was really thinking when you were doing that i'm like okay because because like i was i was trained to see what's on the screen like mm-hmm. i had to i had to train myself out of talking deeply about theme you know that's mm-hmm. kind of what school mm-hmm. school trained me to to let's talk about what's on the screen like what you're actually right. seeing right. um and so like and, and it's funny because i was like when you're doing the theme thing i'm like okay this is great i was like i need you to read one of my scripts and tell me what themes you see because <laughs> uh, it was really great um but nah anyway so so we we get through our our segments and we're really coming towards the end so we can wrap it up and yeah. I'm, I'm curious uh but yeah thank you all first of all for listening to this episode mm-hmm. we really love this show obviously we've talked about a 22 minute episode for over an hour now we yeah. thought we were gonna get under our our goal time of i'm not gonna say what but <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna get there but anyway so I will ask you, Elijah, what is it that you are watching currently? Has that changed since the last time we recorded? Because it wasn't too long ago. <laughs> it really wasn't. It actually has. It actually has. So I'm I'm watching. So I just I I just watched Anatomy of Fall, which is a movie, um, German French uh, co-production. Really great movie. Watch it. It's on the all the Oscar shortlist. Um, and then I'm actually I just picked up this weird animation that uh is on youtube called has been hotel Mm. uh that's like an adult adult animation real like i never heard of it before it's been out for like four or five years and y'all y'all know that i'm a nerd so it came up on one of my like nerdy websites that i that i peruse every day and it's it's you know it's 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 very strange um, but I think like, you know, if you're really into animation, you're really into adult animation and you know, that kind of possibilities, check out it, check it out. Has been hotel on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely try to check that out. Uh, what have I been watching? I think I'll plug something that I've watched recently. Um, but, and, and 
Yeah, I can't I can't endorse. I'm thinking about another show I just watched, but I can't endorse it yet because I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, me, me, and, my wife, me and my wife watch some of these Netflix reality shows and the trust is on right now. And uh-huh. we, we started watching that. So I can say I am watching that. I can't 100 percent endorse it, but I can say we watched the first episode last night <laughs> and we're trying to decide if we still messing with it. Uh, so that's one. Um, I'm still watching that show, Bodies. And I do want to plug. You know what I want to plug? It's actually a um, it's it's actually a Netflix docu-series called High on the Hog. Oh, it's, I love High on the Hog. Great yeah, the, yeah, it's had the, the first season was great. And they this the second season came out like late last year. Mm-hmm. We're at the beginning of 2024. So it came out around December, I want to say, of yes. last year. Second season. And um, it's really good. I'm continuing to watch that. Also, I think I want to throw that in as a food-themed show since we're doing the bear. Yep. That so it that's it. Yeah. So uh, coming up next, we're gonna we're getting back in the genre. We're hopping into and and Elijah is reluctantly going back to the Marvel <laughs> universe. <laughs> right. And we're gonna watch the first episode of Echo. So you know, check out Echo if you haven't already. We will be breaking it down and we'll be talking about it. And remember, this is not a recap show, so we're not gonna be getting into any of the Echo fucking mythology. Also, no. I don't really know. This is a character that, and I'm pretty good about comics, and I have no idea about this character. So exciting. Yeah. More like a just, just like a we're watching the show and we're we're taking it as a TV show. And that's the right. that's the kind of the problem with the Marvel stuff is like, in order, like you were saying the other day, it's like it's like homework watching yeah. a Marvel show or movie. It's like homework. You gotta I gotta know who happened, what happened here, and what happened here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, we have a little context, but we'll just break it down just like a regular TV show. Nice. So yeah, come back for the Echo for the Echo pilot on um you can find it actually on Hulu and you can find it on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um I've been watching it on Hulu. So thank you all for listening to the episode 1 show. Follow us on all of our socials. You can follow me at the uh, at Colin the producer on Instagram and follow follow me on X at uh Colin says things and then you can find the show at the episode one show on Instagram you can find us also at the episode one pod um you can also send us an email uh at the episode one pod at the no sorry the episode one pod at gmail.com ask us any questions all that good stuff there and when you do listen Share it with the people that like television. Share it with your mm-hmm. people that like screenwriting are interested in that kind of thing. Text them. Let them know, hey, this is great show out there. And then if you feel so compelled, write us a comment and give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Yep. Yep. And you can follow me at Julian Elijah Martinez on Instagram and on X slash Twitter. You can follow me at, at Julian Elijah. Right, come back next Thursday where we'll have a nice fresh episode for you. And as Elijah likes to say at the end of every episode, peace, peace.